Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 4, Chapter 11. The body of Christ and Holy Scripture are most necessary to the faithful soul. The Learner. Jesus, my most sweet Lord, how great is the sweetness enjoyed by the faithful soul who feasts in your company and at your banquet. There is no other food set before her than you, her only beloved, one to be desired above all the desires of her heart. How sweet it would be for me, could I but weep before you. From the depth of the love within me, and with the devout Magdalene bathe her feet with my tears. But where is that devotion? Where is that unstinted outpouring of holy tears? Surely here before you and your holy angels, my heart should be wholly aflame. I ought to be weeping for every joy, for here in the sacrament I have you truly present, though hidden beneath another form. Were I to gaze upon you in the blinding light of your Godhead, my eyes could not stand the sight. Why, the whole world itself could not stay unmoved beneath the splendor, the glory of your majesty, is out of consideration for my weakness that you veil yourself beneath this sacrament. Here I truly hold, here I adore, him whom the angels adore in heaven. I as yet by faith alone, they as he really is, with no veil between. I must be content with the light of true faith, walking by its rays until the dawning of the day of everlasting glory, where the shadows of outward seeming shall move away. But when the time of fulfillment comes, there will be an end of using sacraments. The blessed in their heavenly glory have no need of the healing of the sacraments below. The blessed in their heavenly glory have no need of the healing the sacraments bestow. Joy without end is theirs, as in the presence of God they gaze upon his glory face to face, transfigured from their own glory into that of the infinite Godhead. They taste the word of God become flesh, as he was from the beginning and forever remains. When I recall these wonders to mind, I grow weary even of spiritual consolation. For as long as I may not see my Lord in his true glory, all that I see and hear in the world means nothing to me. You are my witness, O my God. That there is never a thing that can comfort me, never a creature that can bring me rest, save only you, my God, you upon whom I desire to gaze forever. But this is not possible in this mortal life. And so I must have great patience, and in all my desires submit myself to you. Those saints of yours, Lord, who now rejoice with you in the kingdom of heaven, awaited the coming of your glory with faith and much patience while they lived on earth. What they believed, I too believe. What they hoped for, I hope for too. 
And through your grace, I trust to come to that place where they have already arrived. Till that happens, I will walk in faith, strengthened by the examples of the saints. I shall also have holy books to comfort me and to mirror the life I would lead. Above all, your most holy body shall be my particular remedy and refuge. Now I am deeply conscious that there are two things necessary for me in this life. Without them, this same life and all its sorrows would be more than I could bear. Pent in the prison of my body, I confess my need for two things. Food and light. It is for this that you have given me in my weakness your holy body, to be a refreshment for body and soul. And you have set your word as a lamp to guide my feet. Without these two, I could not properly live. The word of God is the light of my soul, and your sacrament is the bread of life. You might even call them two tables, set one on this side, one on that, in the treasury of Holy Church. One table is that of the holy altar. On it is the holy bread, the precious body of Christ. The other table is that of God's law, whereon in holy teaching, instructing us in the true faith and leading us without stumbling, even beyond the veil, hiding the holy of holies. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the table of holy teaching, spread for us by means of your servants, the prophets and apostles, and other holy teachers. O creator and redeemer of men, I thank you for showing the whole world your love for men in preparing a great feast. Here it is no longer the lamb of ancient times that you have set before us to eat, but your own most holy body and blood. At this holy banquet, you gladden the faithful who drink brimming drafts from the cup of salvation that cup wherein all the delights of heaven. The angels too are our fellow guests, feasting with a joy even greater than ours. How great and honorable is the office of those who are priests. They have been empowered to hallow with sacred words the Lord of majesty, to bless him with their lips, to hold him in their hands, to receive him with their own mouth and administer to him to others. How frequently does the source of all purity enter into a priest? Then how pure should those hands of his be? How holy his body? How free from stain of heart? From the mouth of a priest who so often receives the sacrament of Christ, no words should come forth but such as are holy, becoming and of benefit to others. His eyes should be simple and chaste, for they often look upon the body of Christ. His hands pure and lifted up to heaven, for they often handle the creator of heaven and earth. Priests in particular are addressed in those words of the law. You must be men set apart as I am set apart. The Lord your God. Almighty God, may we be helped by your grace that we who have received the office of priesthood may be enabled to serve you worthily and devoutly in utter purity and with a good conscience. And if we cannot lead as sinless a life as we ought to, grant us the grace nevertheless 
to bewail the wrong we have done. And in the spirit of humility and with a resolve to choose the good, to serve you in future with greater fervor. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, Vessel of the Holy Ghost, child of Mary, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the Gospel of Luke, after Christ rises from the dead, he appears to two disciples as they go to the road, as they go to Emmaus. And as they are on the road, Christ draws near but their eyes are kept from recognizing him. And he asks them what they are talking about. And he says, they tell him, are you the only one in Jerusalem who doesn't know about the things that have happened? And he says, what things? And they say about Christ, who we thought would redeem Israel. And he's been crucified. And now people say that he's risen from the dead. And Jesus, oh, foolish of heart, how slow you are to believe all that the prophets have written. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, our Lord made known to them all the things in the scriptures concerning himself. And then they get near to Emmaus and they say, stay with us, Lord, stay with us. And then at table, he takes bread and the gospel says, their eyes were opened at the breaking of the bread. Now that story really happened. But that story contains the nucleus of what Thomas Kempis is talking about in tonight's reading. When he says that there are two tables, as it were. You might even call them two tables. The Holy Scripture and the Holy Eucharist itself. And he says that the Holy Eucharist is our food. And the scriptures are like a light to guide us how to walk. How blessed we are that we have both. And in that story from the Gospel of Luke, we have the first part of the Mass in which Christ draws near to us, in which we confess to him, we tell him what's happened, we listen as he opens the scriptures to us. And explains them to us. That whole scene in which their hearts were burning within them. When he opened to them the scriptures. That's the first part of the mass. The first half. The liturgy of the Eucharist. Or the mass of the catechumens. And then we have the liturgy of the Eucharist. The mass of the faithful. The second half. In which like those two disciples. We come to the altar of the Lord. The table of the Lord. And we're fed. That term breaking of the bread was a code word in the early church for the Eucharist. And they recognized him in the breaking of the bread. Their hearts burned with the scriptures because the scriptures are like a light, a fire. But that's not enough. We would starve to death without the Holy Eucharist. 
But the Holy Eucharist only makes sense in light of the scriptures. That's why this road to Emmaus story is so important. It sheds light on the Eucharist. It helps us understand the Eucharist. So let us ask the Lord tonight to help us at Mass tomorrow or whenever we hear this to recognize Christ in the breaking of the bread, to recognize him in the scriptures. Christ made known to them everything about himself. How? Because every word of the scriptures is about the word, the eternal word. That's what the Father is telling us in every page of the scriptures, Old and New Testament. He's telling us about his word. And that eternal word is what we will feed on in heaven. Where we won't need the scriptures and we won't need the Eucharist. Because like the angels and saints, our minds and hearts will be completely filled with him. And through him with the Father in the Holy Spirit. To the Trinity be glory now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.